This is exactly right. I'm Kate Winkler Dawson, a journalist, author, and podcast host. And I'm Paul Holes, a retired investigator with experience solving some of America's most notorious cold cases. Together, we host Buried Bones, a historical true crime podcast on the Exactly Right Network. Each week, we examine a different case from history and use our years of experience and 21st century forensics to bring new insights into these very old tragedies. Like the time the Sausage King of Chicago's wife went missing in 1897. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Buried Bones wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Mouth horn. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, my friend. Hello, Chris Fairbanks. I just got done laughing at something I realized. (laughs) Uh, Which is? The whole time I was on a little tour for a week, I wanted my watch because I've been, I've gotten used to this iWatch. When I first got it, I thought it would just be another voice in my head and I wouldn't like it telling me to, you know, walk around. You've been idle for too long, but you can swim with it. You can turn it off and swim with it and then push a button and water extracts from it. Did you know that? Sure didn't. It's become very handy, but I missed, I missed it the whole time. And then I, I got home and it's not at home. So I looked it up. You can, it's sitting on the runway in Dallas. Oh no. It's like, you can find it and it's zoom. (laughs) You can zoom in on the map. It's not in the airport. It's not on the tarmac where one gets in the plane. I don't remember ever rolling down my window. How is this possible? I, I, it's driving me crazy to the point where I had to laugh about it, but then it was time to record. Okay. Can I do, can I do a comedy admission to you? I was waiting to say to you, because yeah. as the as you were winding that story up, oh, I was yeah. like, it's I can't wait mind. to go. <laughs> I can't wait to say, you are laughing at that? Because this is boring or something like that. Yeah, that's how that's my... The, that's the most thrilling story I think you've told on this podcast. I, it's a slow build. That's how my comedy is. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah, just 10 minutes of snooze fest and then punch <laughs> you right in the gut. And then fucking boom. It was maybe... A luggage purse handler. You're accusing them of stealing. Yes, yep, I go am. Go for it. Yes, Might I am. Well. And I'm accusing them of, of, of ruining my zipper on an old bag. <laughs> but it's... Uh, Was I've... your zipper broken for real? Oh, yeah. You remember those Samsonite commercials where they had like a giant 
you know, gorilla throwing the bags around. Yes. And they're like, this is what they do to your bags. And I'm like, well, that's a bit much. I was not, uh, I was a child back then, so I didn't know. You didn't know. They, yeah, they've put my away bag through some damage. But But can I, sorry, real quick. Yes. You didn't, you put your Apple Watch into a zip pocket on your suitcase? Well, that's where some of the blame might be falling on me. I do not (laughs) recall if I maybe put it, I maybe put it in that. Loosely in that mesh side pocket <laughs> on my backpack. You just handed someone your backpack and you're like, could you put this down in the uh, worst place you could put? You know what? I think it was just on my wrist and the the band on it is one of those, oh, stretch it and put the little knob into a hole and it just something yeah. pulled it off. And maybe it was as I was uh, doing last looks on the wing because a lot of, <laughs> I don't know how it ended it up in the runway. Yeah, truly, it's like the what you just explained is step one of then what would have been an eight-step process to get it on the fucking runway. I do How? not know. I, I mean, they didn't have me de-icing de- the plane. I don't know why it's on. It's so funny to zoom in. I have to. I wish you could show the visual. It's the middle of a runway. <laughs> You're watching There's here. There's no denying Far it. from all buildings. Oh, I oh, love it. Anyway. Pretty great. Okay, so you said Dallas-Fort Worth Airport? Yep, DWF. If you're in the Dallas or Fort Worth area and you'd like to go down and sneak onto the runway to grab Chris's watch for him, he would, he's got some swimming and some uh, exiting of water to do. Right, and and if you're a baggage handler, I meant no offense, but someone (laughs) you work with has sticky fingers. Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Like from the group Onyx. (laughs) <laughs> Sticky mm-hmm. fingers. Full credit. <laughs> Full credit. All right. There's my there's my opening story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, well, let's introduce our guest today. I think we should. Very excited. Um, she plays clubs and colleges all over so the country. So many colleges. Oh. <laughs> she just turned her head like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you may have seen her uh, uh, on the New Faces show, Just for Laughs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... he This is a person whose career has been deeply affected by COVID. Let's just say that. Um, She's killing it. We'll continue to kill it soon once Omicron dies down and everything gets back to normal. And also, you also may have seen her uh, on one of the most (laughs) hilarious and awkward moments on The Price is Right, which I can't wait for her to tell us this story because it's incredibly epic. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Danielle Perez. Danielle Hi. Perez. Hi. How are Hi. you, friend? I'm good. I'm so happy to see you both. We're so happy to see you. What's been going down? Yeah. Man. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, comedy is back, I guess, kind of. Mm-hmm. Is it back? I don't know. It's not January <laughs> anymore. <laughs> True. True. I was confronted by it the whole time because it is back outside of the place we live. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's been back. Yeah. yeah. No, for Chris, it never closed. <laughs> no, it did. Oh, man. Trust me. I was indoors. People know it, but I, I'm i back out there. Yeah, I guess we're, we're doing it. So I'm doing uh, shows in LA, just being back, trying. And do you feel a difference? And ha- can you describe that difference in any way? <laughs> it, I mean, okay, well... <laughs> Audiences in LA are, I think pre-COVID, it was a lot of like, hmm, 
okay, I'm considering what you're saying. You know, a very like, well, I'm a writer, you know, like energy from the audience. That's right. And now it's like, people are just so grateful (laughs) to be outside and in a space. They're just like enjoying comedy. (laughs) It is, it's kind of disturbing, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like violent, violently positive reactions. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, is this toxic positivity? I've heard a lot about it on Twitter. (laughs) I feel like I'm experiencing it IRL. Yeah, Wait, got- what's toxic positivity? I've never heard of that. <laughs> it's like, you know, like all those kind of like spiritual gurus kind of like, you just like manifest and like be your best self. Like, oh. like you know, le- like you remove toxic people from your life, but it's like, but you're being toxic. By like-, <laughs> <laughs> like where you're but- there, where they're laughing and you're, they're laughing so hard that you think, are they making fun of me right now? Is that a sarcastic <laughs> laugh? <laughs> is it kind of like when people on uh, Twitter call you bestie, but they're actually trying to get you canceled somehow? Oh is my that God. Yeah, it's it's that. <laughs> Sorry, bestie, you need to delete this. It's just like, wait, <laughs> hold on. I don't know you. <laughs> this is a direct attack. We're, we're not friends. We're not even acquaintances. But we're besties. Bestie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to see that. I, I The last... I went to a comedy show right before, right as the Omicron surge crested, but no one w- really saw it coming. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I went to, it was Permanent Records Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I love. It's the coolest place. And Brian Cook did, covered o- Olivia Rodrigo's entire album, and it was hilarious. Oh, how <laughs> fun. Oh, I remember. I saw, I saw like posters for that. Mm-hmm. That looked really fun. It was, well, because it was actually like a music show, but then you were like, wait a second, I know that song. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was really good. But I realized as I was sitting there, I was in the back of the room. I wore a mask in and for like 10 minutes, but then you do that thing where you're like, well, no one else is wearing a mask. I'm going to yeah. take it off. Yeah, This must be fine. Then there's a couple people who are still wearing a mask, right? Because they're like, and, and in the aftermath, you go, geniuses. What? I, why didn't I do what those rare few were so brave uh, in doing? And I went home. I left early because I was like, I am truly too old and from quarantine to <laughs> do this for hours at a time. I left early and the next day I got texts from four different people being like, so-and-so passed tested positive so and so had it so oh my god oh no it was yeah so it was one of those things where I thought I was like I'm socializing again and then the second you know the second I woke up in the morning it was like mistake yeah I are you getting these I don't know who they're coming from but they're almost like a CDC government text that says someone (laughs) you know has tested positive for COVID they don't (gasps) mention names oh Oh, that is that's creepy yeah so it's like I, I, I don't. Surveillance. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it's being surveilled. I, you know, or is it real, or is it like a phishing? Scam? I know that feels like so scammy. It is. I'm getting them Someone the day. You know. Yeah, the day after I go somewhere where they, but they're not scanning your Vax card. They're not putting you into some database. I don't know why. Or it's someone that says, "Oh, I I got this. I saw Chris Fairbanks last night. I better." put him on this list. Maybe there's a protocol if you Okay, get... well, that person's a coward because everybody else has to just call up their aunt and be like, hey, sorry, I exposed you. I yeah. understand that you're 85. We shouldn't have had that dinner party. Like, that right. was all of Christmas and New Year in my family. It was just like, the <laughs> my cousin Stevie exposed all of us, but only, like, no one got it, but he had it. Yeah. And then 
we had a party like three weeks later and my niece Nora had it and didn't know. So she exposed everybody. And then I was like, to my sister, I was like, aren't you so glad because Stevie did it first. So now we don't have to feel guilty that like, it was um, (laughs) that kind of weird thing where it's just like, oh yeah, this is, this is this variant. This is, it's just happening to everybody. You have to text them. You have to call them. So whoever's hiding behind the I don't know. CDC text, go to hell. Yeah, that's pretty cowardly. I think it I'm is. a coward because I, I. it harkens back to the time I had a friend who had very bad, uh, clinically bad uh, breath. And I thought, and I got this uh, email that said, does someone you know have bad breath? And I said, <laughs> yes. And they sent an anonymous uh, message with also solutions. It's probably selling something, of course. But I, I sent that anonymous <laughs> "you have bad Wait. breath" email. Wait. <laughs> I'm not oh, gonna. Yeah. I but someone <laughs> has to tell this person that smells like copper wire and 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 <laughs> blood and stuff. And I'm not even going to go down the list. But it was bad breath. And they need. I'm not going to say it. I'm a coward. You I've never I mean? been. I I have been the person with bad breath because my I take a medicine that fucks up my gums, mm. so it literally is painful to floss my teeth. But I'm like, you have to do it. But then I know every once in a while I'll catch myself and I'll get like a whiff of my own breath and Uh-oh. then like keep my mouth closed. Yeah, because you're just like, if you don't floss on the reg, like it, it doesn't matter who you are, you will have the worst breath. It's just the truth. Yeah, I got a water pick. I'm very paranoid about it. But you put on that mask and it bounces up your nose. You find That's out. Right. Yeah. You realize it, you, real quick. If it's any <laughs> yeah. consolation, Karen, I've, I've been near you. I've never smelled it. I've never oh, smelled it. Oh, thank God. I will never send you an anonymous. Well, maybe I will. You won't know it's me. See? <laughs> Coward for life. See? I love it. I, I actually have to say that's kind of a hilarious, it's a hilarious concept, whoever thought, because they're pulling people in. It's not, it's just like you're, it's slightly victim-y, but then also it's like, well, it's sales. So yeah. it's like someone said you need this and so then you should buy this thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really like, emotionally manipulative. It's like XOXO, Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs> It is. Hey, bestie, I heard your breast stinks. Do you want to buy this floss? Well, that everyone would say, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me? Because uh, no one knows. You can't smell yourself. We we all know that from a Sarah Silverman joke. <laughs> and so you, it was if someone sent me that, I'd be like, oh, thank God, I will. I'll try this because I'm horrified that. I'm I'm giving that sort of impression or odor and not n- not knowing it. That terrifies me. Know what I, mean? I grew up with such a mean older sister that she would be like, get away from me. Your breath is disgusting. Why didn't you brush it? Like she would fucking let me know at every turn. Stop chewing like that. It's disgusting. <laughs> so I think I have a, a self-consciousness. But every once in a while, you know, like, especially back when I drank, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I was like one of those people, I was like, I wake up hungover and be like, first I need to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Then I'm going to go three sips of coffee and then I'm going to go whisper in someone's <laughs> ear. Like... <laughs> Just the grossest. Just rank. <laughs> We've all done it. Everyone's yeah. guilty. Yeah. Every one of my high school teachers. <laughs> Just For real. Co- coffee and cigs. Danielle, do you have a story from high school, an embarrassing story like that, but that not too painful because we know there's all of those, but <laughs> like a you have bad breath type of story? Not a you have bad breath. Like no one really spread like a rumor like that about <laughs> me in high school. But um, definitely 
um, like in middle school, like Oof. people, I mean, I know middle school, pretty hardcore. No, mm-hmm. um, um, people like would call me donkey booty and then like whinny around <laughs> me, <laughs> like a, or whatever. I don't know how like, like a horse sounds. <laughs> what? Like, cause you had a big butt? Yes, which is like insane because by the time I got to college, it was like J Lo booty. Do you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. I'm like in San Francisco, <laughs> going to the bar in Castro, and everyone's like J Lo's here. Yes. What a what a journey. And you, and you, uh, Karen, you know I don't lust after farm animals, but there oftentimes I will see a donkey or a horse, and I'm like, that donkey has a nice ass, like yes. a muscular. Horse's ass, not in a sexual way, in a symmetrical, <laughs> shiny, muscular Round, way. Yeah, an appreciative. Thank way. you, thank yeah. you. I think it well, was a compliment. I had the same thing in junior high. My butt. It was like part of part of going through puberty or whatever. It was I all of a sudden my butt was big, and people would tell me constantly, and it was humiliating because I couldn't see it. So I'd be like, <laughs> really, it doesn't seem like it. But like my mean older cousins or who, you know what I mean? You just get that feedback or people in your class. And it was the 80s, which you were supposed to be anorexic, blonde. You know what I mean? Like there were there were very narrow rules for being attractive or whatever. So when I Like Big Butts came out in the 90s, which was, you know, obviously it's like 10, year, 10 15 years later, when that song came out, it would make me cry. Because I'd be like, oh, yeah. finally, my redemption. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> You're like, seeing Sir Mix-a-Lot stand yeah. on a giant ass, it yeah. just... Right. It relieved me of so much. I was able to let go of pain and trauma. Uh, the <laughs> and, old wounds and, are healed. And my favorite part was he's telling people he couldn't lie about it. Right. It's honesty. <laughs> Yes. He could Genuine. He was like, look, I know you want me to. Everything in that song was like, that's right. It's like, you you like these skinny, weird models. I like big butts. And and then we're going to drop this beat that actually like moves your internal organs. And then everyone's going to fucking agree. Like, that's all I was looking for. Yeah. He did also require an itty bitty waist, though. I mean, that's true. That's part of the whole problem. <laughs> you, it is about, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of the about measurements. Yeah. It's you the know. measurement situation. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but in middle school, I found a note in the playground that said uh, between two girls, and it said, Sure, like Chris Fairbanks, he's so cute. And I was like, Oh boy. And, I, and then they're like, Too bad he picks his nose so much. <laughs> yeah. Back and forth. Yeah, I saw him eat it once. Oh, God, it's getting worse. Do I have to change schools? Maybe I'll change schools. Like sixth grade. You're like showing up to class and be like, just so you guys know, I don't pick my nose and eat it. I just want to get ahead of it. I knew exactly when they were talking about it. I'm like, I know the exact day I cavalierly was digging. Oh, God. Yeah, did that was you bad. did you just not think about it before, and you were just doing it? It was like just not a, an unconscious habit. Can I, I think when I was young, I just I was I would I would just be myself. You know, I wasn't too worried about. <laughs> oh, well, I knew a kid when I was like in first second grade. His name was Zach. 
he would literally pick his nose, put the booger on the like monkey bar, and then put sawdust on it and no. eat it. Like no. he was, oh my, no. he was God, like Top Zach. Chef Juniorin <laughs> a snack. Why and it's the... like we have we're <laughs> no. What? Did that was literally in an hour. Like, what are you doing? To put sawdust on it, it, he learned that from watching his dad change the car's oil. I think. Why would you put sprinkle it with sawdust? I guess texture. Or maybe he was like, do you, was he one of those gross out kids where he's like, I, I got you screaming, but now watch this. Now oh, I'm just going to blow your mind. Yeah. Was he like, like hey, everyone gather around. <laughs> You're not going to, was it, did you go to grammar school with Steve-O? Was it yeah. something like that? He's like, Honestly, showtime. it would be really funny if Steve-O went to like Montessori school. <laughs> <laughs> what he came from. <laughs> yep. I love the idea of that's a kid's performance. He's like, hey, everyone, it's showtime. And he puts on a top hat and then just starts picking his boogers and wiping them on things, clapping his hands together and then eating them. And everyone's like, gross. But they also, they they tip his uh, guitar case afterwards. <laughs> He's a, that's, yeah, grammar school playground busking. Yeah, yeah. But it always has to involve boogers. <laughs> I think the idea of finding a note written about you is intense. I mean, I think yeah. that's like, that's Mortifying. very girl, it's very girl action. Yeah. And it would be my ultimate fear. To, to, and also the disappointment of it starting like, I sure like Chris Fairbanks. He's cute. I'm like, wow, I didn't know this. And then it just <laughs> went downhill. Took a turn. Yeah, really. A hard but see, ride. here's the thing the cute thing is, uh, the comment on that is who you are. And the the booger picking thing is just a bad habit that you can absolutely curb, if not eliminate entirely. Right, right. And I started working on it way back then. It's been, a, you know, it's been a lifelong <laughs> battle. Yeah, you yeah, know, oh yeah. I occasionally let one slip. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he has sometimes, you know, you need a snack and you need a little taste. Oh, hey, eating is a whole other that, you know, I, I haven't done that since my late 20s. <laughs> I'm an adult, but sometimes what's better? It's just leaving it there for everyone to see or privately while driving or at a stoplight <laughs> with your windows rolled down, taking care of it. Just digging for gold. Yeah, and then just waving at the person next to you and, and peeling out. Like, wait, was that gross or cool as shit? <laughs> Is that the new trend in Los Angeles? Is mm -hmm. booger flicking out of out a yeah. car window? It's just being yourself. That's what I call it. I just like Karen said at the beginning, Danielle. I don't know. I have not seen this Price is Right episode. Oh, please. wait, what? Really? Uh, no, no, I don't. Clip? It was, please tell the whole story I from the beginning it. of wait, that day. And really, and, I know I did oh, not this know. This is about hilarious. It. Tell it like tell it for the person who's never heard one word of it, please. Yes. Okay, so um, okay, so I was with Wendy Starling. She was an LA comic. Now she's in New York, but she was like leaving LA to move to New York, so doing all these LA things. And she was like, I want to go to The Price is Right. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I'll go. I've never been. And I'm like born and raised in Los Angeles. So I get there. Literally, I um, am there. I'm late. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's early. It's an early call time. It's like 9 a.m. all the way out, like on Beverly and Fairfax, very far. <laughs> all the way out. That's all the, the way out. Of town. That is the center of town. All the way to the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but the 
like a man is like kind and like lets me in and I like meet up with her and her big group and she has like a bunch of family because like you know, who came up from Long Beach and stuff. And so we're in line and we're going through and um, everyone gets like interviewed at the prices, right? Like every audience member is like talked to and asked questions by like the staff. And so we were in a big group. And so we got put in front of this guy who's like walking down the line, just like asking different questions. And he gets to me um, and he's like, where are you from? And I'm like, LA. And he's like, are you a Valley girl? I was like, totally. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, on to the next. Like, it was like, that was just a very brief interaction. We continue on. And then like, they move our group to kind of the next like we're all, you know, just like in a line at Disney line and like a holding pen and then they are moving us inside now. And some person comes up to me and is like, if your name gets called, just follow the person in the red jacket. And I'm like, okay. And everyone like is like, oh my God, they're going to pick you. I'm like, literally, they're just being nice to me because I use a wheelchair. Like that is, <laughs> they are just being kind and wanting me to feel included. <laughs> You're like, let me explain to you how this works. Were they this happened to me before. They're being nice. So they're saying, Basically. and then just get yourself up there. They weren't paying attention. They just thought. No, it's just, you know, people are, I get a lot of like, bless yous and like, you go girls. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, people just like taking time to just be like, if you need help, like, is is not abnormal. So I'm like, they're just being nice. Sure. And they're a corporation. And like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we continue like going through until we get to the audience and they sit me in the back. There's like wheelchair accessible seats and the show, you know, they're playing like black eyed peas and stuff. Like <laughs> we've been deprived of food and water for hours. Like everyone is fucking pumped and amped <laughs> just old ladies doing cartwheels it's yeah it's yeah. just like it's so much and i'm just taking it in like this is wild like i, I did not know this was going to be my day to day but like i had moved my uh someone like came, I guess like I, like everyone gets a name tag and I guess somehow I like put mine in the middle or whatever. Like I was so just kind of not engaged with like what was happening. Like everyone has to keep it on the left side. And I'm just like, <laughs> what if I put it on my, like my leg, you know, because <laughs> I'm cool. I'm just hanging out here. But some production, some PA came up to me, gave me a new ta name tag, put it on my body and told me to move my hair out of the way. I was like, what? Oh, was, that's a good sign. So yeah. I was like, they're just being nice. They start doing <laughs> hair and makeup on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, I was the first name called down to contestant row. It was crazy. It was like, Danielle, come on down. And like, <laughs> I go down and it's like, um, you know, a little stadium style kind of studio. So I roll down. I'm in like contestant row. This is crazy. They call other people. I literally played every game. <laughs> I was Christ. there the entire show. <laughs> Couldn't get on stage. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The very last chance to get on stage, everyone overbids. So we have to play the game again. And then I win and then I get on stage. And then I'm like, where's the person in the red jacket? (laughs) Yeah, really, I was going to say, because thinking of that from that way, do they don't have accessibility for a stage, right? If it's built up. The stage, yeah, it's built up and it's literally just stairs. So I am looking around like, where's the person in the red jacket? (laughs) Yeah, They're behind me and it's like, oh, we got to go back up the ramp. We have to go all the way around. I'm going through the backstage area. I see like Drew Carey's like fancy little hydration station. It's just like (laughs) a bottle of Perrier like in ice, like a champagne (laughs) bottle. It was like, okay, fancy. (laughs) And so then I get on stage. I like, try to fist bump Drew Carey's the most <laughs> awkward thing. <laughs> He's being like, truly just like kind and nice, just business as usual, no big deal. I play this game where it's like, uh, the, the announcer is like, you're playing for a treadmill and a walk-in sauna. Like it was just, <laughs> everyone was like, oh no. <laughs> That was bad like, producing. The audience, like everyone was like, because the curtain opens and like it is what it is. Oh my oh, god! Everyone's right, in on it. Drew and has no idea. Yeah, everyone was like, "What is happening?" Well, because all those things. Okay, so if I could just say for a second, as a person who's had to produce daily television, that and especially with shit like that, they're big prizes. They're preset. That stage rotates, doesn't it? So like if like, you know, the thing closes and it comes back up and it's like, here's your new Chevy Tahoe or whatever. And then it closes and it comes back up and it's like a boat or whatever. So those things, they don't have the control. But also you would think that they would like stop down for 20 seconds or somehow put it together. Yeah. It's not a live, you know, yeah, we got it. This is going to be embarrassing. I mean, I was the first name called. This was the very last game. Like, the odds are, like, they just were not in my favor. All we have left is this. All we have left is this treadmill. Oh no! So wait, sorry, because when those, you know, that show has been on since the dawn of man. (laughs) So when those like things open, or when the announcer says the prize people automatically go crazy and it could truly be like a side table. Or, yeah. You know, as every once in yeah. a while, there's those ones where it's like the wart where you're like, oh, that sucks. And people are yeah. still going nuts. Yeah. yeah. Did, could you feel people being like worried? Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it was like some, it was like half like super excited and the other half like, I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely, and like Wendy Starling's like standing up and like cheering and like just so excited because she's like, this is hilarious. Oh, shit. And I'm looking at, you know, because like I'm aware enough of like, I understand the game is like, the more excited you are, like that's how it works. If everyone's just like hopped up on like cash and prizes. And so I'm like, oh, wow, 
I'm like, they look expensive. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna. I could sell I that. I'm looking at it like, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know your job. Your job is to be the contestant, no matter right? what. Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited and I'm grateful. I have gratitude for being here. Did they send the treadmill to your house? Yeah. What did you do with it? <gasps> it's like in a box still in my you house. You still have it? Okay, but like, so, yeah, so I won the treadmill. It was like insane. Um, I, <laughs> and th- the thing is like when it aired, it like went so viral that like Jimmy Kimmel asked me to be on <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel Live. Yep. And it was like, what is happening? <laughs> this is crazy. So I literally had a full segment where Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> had me on talking about all of this, joking with me. And he, like, asked me to guess the price of peanut butter. I guessed <laughs> wrong. But he was like, doesn't matter. You win a wheelchair-accessible cruise with wheelchair-accessible accommodations. And it was really cute. Was Are very, you serious? That's a genius It was, like, pitch. so kind. Yeah, it was, like, really kind and funny. And it was, like, you know, he got, like, he got that, like, you know, I was making jokes about literally... I took a screenshot of like my face when I saw the prizes, just like the horror, <laughs> the big eyes, just mouth agape, and like tweeted it when you win a treadmill on the price is right, but don't happy. <laughs> so co now I remember seeing that photo I of you with the with your name tag and everything. Yeah, yeah. But I just yeah. didn't know the story. That's just so insane. But so, yeah, no, so I still have the treadmill and I'm like, I'll bring it back to Jimmy Kimmel live when I <laughs> when I do something that do something on purpose. <laughs> yes, yeah. for real. That's equally oh my God. funny. <laughs> the first time you actually do a set on that show. I don't think the do comics still do stand up on I don't Kimmel? think they're still doing comedy there. Because he has like a club in Vegas now. So, but I don't oh, think cool. he's like really doing stand up there. But I bet you somebody probably at Kimmel knew you knew you did stand up or knew knew you and was like, this happened, it's amazing. And she would be a really good talker f- to tell this story. Because people love that. Oh, I mean, no, no, like when I told them I did stand, I was literally at that time I had been doing stand up for maybe six months. Like I was brand, that was like part of it. Whereas like, I don't even have like a clip I can throw up on the internet (laughs) to be like, I'm a stand up. I was like telling the production, they're like pre interview. I'm like, I'm a stand up. They're like, that's adorable. Like, (laughs) (laughs) we need you to be a real human being. Oh, that's genius. I had no idea. I assumed it was recently. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. No, it was like literally, yeah, it was like the my first year of stand-up, which was like crazy. Yeah. That is unbelievable. I love that they booked you on that show. Yeah, I, that was really wonderful. It was, so I mean, it, like, honestly, looking back at it, it's like, I can't believe, so much of it is like, I just had no idea of like the stakes in any of it. Or I was like, I'm just having fun. This is really cool. <laughs> Yes. That's so good. <laughs> so when you're, yeah, when you're on Price is Right, you just, you're there in the audience and there's always a chance for everyone to just be pulled up on the show. That's why mm-hmm. people want to go, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and there are people like, I was in line with like these old people who've like, I've been here six times. Every time we come to LA, we come to the Price is Right. It's like yep. they're Mecca. Yeah, yeah, it's serious. Like, Mm because there's people, I think there's people who, well, first of all, it truly is, I think they have a very, I mean, I don't know anything about the system through which they choose people, but I think it is 
fair enough that people like that know it's like it's like a lottery like anything mm-hmm. goes sorry this dog is being so crazy look at oh her oh my god but so it, adorable it, yeah, she, it she really is the is. cutest I got her two days ago. She's the sweetest <gasps> yeah, dog. I, what is her name? Her name. Her name's Blossom. Oh my God, Blossom. <laughs> and she is really sweet, but she doesn't. I think she doesn't like because we I had to shut the door because my dad's visiting me, uh-huh. so he's in the other room. So I just shut the door. So she's kind of like, yeah, I've already been in here for. 20 minutes. Now I don't know what's going on. And she and Frank is just, my other dog's just totally asleep. And she, yeah, she also for a little while was biting um, the cord to my headset. Oh, and no. I was trying to open her mouth and it was like locked like a, like a pit bull, but she's this tiny dog. Okay. Anyway, sorry, sorry. She'll get um, the little shot. There's a little electric gonna, shot. Blossom's going to learn about the podcast game soon. She'll, she'll, Blossom, get, she'll get hip to it. She yeah. needs to adapt to my <laughs> schedule. Um, <laughs> but anyway, my point is, I'll, I think a ton of people like it's that thing where yeah you go any this could anybody could win and you could get to that fucking final I mean I would even though I would hate to like sit in an audience for hours at a time <laughs> there I, there was nothing I would love more than to spin that big fucking wheel oh yeah yeah, yeah. Wait, did you get to spin the big wheel I got to spin the wheel. <gasps> Wait, can you talk about that for a little bit? Oh my God. Wait, oh, I totally, for, oh my God, you brought up the wheel and I totally forgot. So like in the like pre-interview, you know, like where they interview everyone in line, after I said like, yeah, I'm a Valley girl, whatever. He's like, he came back and he was like, what's your favorite game? And I kind of panicked because it's like, I, I know. know what the Price is Right is, but I don't know specifics Yeah, I would have like said that. something from the 70s. The yodeling thing. <laughs> yeah, the little yodeling guy. Yeah, yeah. Bob Barker's fourth year. <laughs> I, and then I said, I just want to spin the wheel. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Good save. Right. Good save. That was my good save. So I got to spin the wheel and I spun it and it landed on like 75. Nice. And then I spun it again. I asked Drew, I was like, should I spin it again? He's like, you're not allowed to ask me that. I'm like, I can't <laughs> tell you what to do. And so I spun it again and a bunch of like Price is Right super fans were like, why'd she spin again? It's like, because when are you going to have another chance to spin the wheel? Like, (laughs) that's all I wanted to do was spin it. I was like, if I win this wheel and then I have to go to the next part, what am I going to do with a party boat? Like, you know, (laughs) already don't know what to do with a treadmill. (laughs) My biggest fear with that wheel, I always thought I would spin it if I was ever on the show, I'd spin it and stumble and fall and get caught under the wheel. I thought it would suck me in. And, it's and very low. Squish me. It's ve- there's very low clearance underneath the yeah. wheel. I can't I, get sucked under that the, wheel. I don't think you have that force. To, uh, I mean, like you, an you don't know how excited I get. <laughs> oh. It is such a good. The way they built that thing, the. Like, you can tell it's easy and hard to spin it at the same time. So there's, like, a real kind of... Mm-hmm. There's, like, a power to it where you're, like, you do have to get the... What do you call it? Like, the momentum going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I fucking love that you were just, like, who cares? I want two spins as opposed to winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, the prize is spinning. The Basically, actual. <laughs> I'm on stage. I'm spinning the wheel. I won. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than a boat. It really is. Really? <laughs> our our friend Brendan Walsh, who I started stand-up with in Austin, he had a birthday party, and he used to open for Drew Carey. So the party was at Drew Carey's house, and he uh, he was very nice, but he had 
He's like a kid. He had trampolines. I'm like, do you have children that live here? There was an arcade. <laughs> like he had a room at his house that was all pinball machines. And then he had a viewing room and he's like, we all have to watch this concert. And it was that famous concert where it's like the Beach Boys and and the Rolling Stones, but everyone has to follow uh, James Brown just melting the audience's faces. <laughs> I think there's it's in a mo- the movie about the Rolling Stones where their manager like shut everything down so the crowd would settle down because the Rolling Stones had to. And he was just like, "Look at that!" And see who's dancing. That's Terry Gar with the <laughs> "I Want Candy Girl." They were just uh, in the background, or he was so excited <laughs> and about this that I was like, "Oh, you're like an innocent." It was like hanging out with an excited kid. And then he's like, do you want to see my bedroom? And it kind of inspired my bedroom. He has a room that was all grass and uh, stained glass on the wall behind the bed. The ceiling was just painted clouds. And there was flowers lining the, 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 the base of the walls. And you turn on the light and church music would play. <laughs> Oh my God, and, I've heard about that. And I was I've like, heard about like the chapel at Drew Carey's Oh my house. God. And he was like, I was like, are you religious? And he's like, no, no, it's just, it's weird, isn't it? It's kind of funny and weird. I'm like, yeah, it's funny and weird. And he's like, I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny to have a bedroom. I don't, I don't really sleep in here ever. And they, and we like, it's I just, a bit, I'm you like, know. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was just, anyway. I'm just bragging that I uh, went to a famous person's house. That was a humble brag. I have a Drew, I have a Drew Carey brag. Should we all do? <gasps> yeah, do should the I Drew round brag? I'll do the yeah. trifecta Drew Carey brag. So in the when I very first moved to LA, my first acting job, I was um, Ryan Stiles' girlfriend on the Drew Carey show. It was like my second acting job, and and it, I was on I think two episodes, and I was at the time on Fen Fen because I was trying to be skinny to be on TV, of course. And so at the time, it was before Fen Fen came out, it was just Fen. So it was like the only the upper, no downer. Uh-huh. So I was... You know, Karen, chances are you are owned a settlement. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, that's yes. the only reason I know Fen Fen. It's from the commercials that say... That's right. Yeah. It, I'm positive it's the reason I have seizures to this day. Oh, wow. But... Um, but I was on this crazy drug and I got this part and it truly was like, I was someone's girlfriend. So I would be there, you know, one scene, one, maybe two scenes in an episode. And in the second, like, I think I was supposed to be recurring kind of in general. Um, But the second episode, I got a rewrite, a script rewrite. And it, you know, the one that like comes at six in the morning or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I looked and, and, like the part, I had a bigger part and then it got rewritten. And so I'd only had like one or two lines after the rewrite. So I just went on a walk and I didn't go to rehearsal. Because <laughs> I was just like, I just was like, oh, I don't. And it was almost like, I can't explain the thinking. It was, I mean, it was my addictive self-sabotage insanity, but and also having no experience where I was like, they probably don't need me. And I just yeah. went on like that. a really long, crazy, like fucking... Drugs walk. They don't need me. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. This doesn't seem like Karen behavior. And when I got back, it was pre-cell phones, <gasps> I think. So when I got back, like my roommate was out the front door going, they're all calling you. And I basically got fired off that show for being a like a, just a dipshit on drugs. And um, I saw him at like some big thing 
I went to some taping of something, you know, with someone that was actually working at the time. And I ran into him and I was so embarrassed because it was like, oh, I just seemed like the most ungrateful asshole. <laughs> like I kind of just didn't know what I was doing. And I saw him and he was like, I'm I'm so sorry. You know, he, he basically apologized to me where I'm like, no, no, I fucked this up like on the biggest scale. That's what you he, told him? He, no, no, no. I... Like I saw him and just kind of sheepishly said yeah, hi. Yeah. And he immediately was like, hey, sorry to, maybe we'll find another part for you later yeah. on. Or so He was so mm. nice where yeah. no one would ever be that. First of all, he could like ignore me and I would have been like, yeah, that's probably normal. You know what I mean? Like he's such a, I think somewhere in his mind, he made the decision. Like I am becoming incredibly successful, incredibly rich, incredibly powerful. I'm absolutely going to remain a good person. Yeah. I I did a backflip on his trampoline because someone asked me to, and I can do that. And I and he acted as if I'd cured a disease. He was like, <laughs> I can, well, that was spectacular. He was clapping, and I think I think he made other people clap. Like, let's give him what that deserves, a backflip. I'm like, I... I, you are nice. Yeah. He's just, he's the nicest yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's except for when he wouldn't give Danielle advice on the big wheel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. they're not. And like, that's the thing they tell you is like, Drew is not allowed to tell you about spinning. Yeah, so don't ask yeah, him. Yeah. And then I did. And it was like, like you've been told. <laughs> yeah. You've been warned about that. You should be like, uh, excuse me, do you remember seven minutes ago when you fucking tried to give me a treadmill? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you still have it and I'd like you to try and sell it just for a rainy day. You know, you should, you should... sell it as the treadmill from that Price is Right yes. episode so that you get like double, triple the amount. Sign it. <laughs> that treadmill, that treadmill is safe for Jimmy Kimmel Live when <laughs> I got a show or... Something great <laughs> to Love be it. like full circle. We made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great fucking idea. Or if yeah, you ever tape like because you haven't done an hour special, right? Mm -mm, yeah. If you ever get that like Valhalla fucking you know TV special, that can just be the you know sometimes people they have props where it looks like a weird little shack or something's yeah. behind them or it's a chain link fence i don't know why that's always the <laughs> decor in stand up specials yours can just be it's raw and it's uncensored but you know? that's right you're <laughs> we're, about we're to out in the alley doing comedy you're about to tape a special though right i'm about to tape for comedy central um there yeah it's oh, going to be the featuring thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah that'll be fun that's yeah, great. So I'm really excited. Yeah, that's on March 1st at The Lodge in Highland You'll love Park. it because it's a normal show and you'll be on it with friends and it'll, it won't be scary. I did that and it was it was not... It's, you'd think you're going to be nervous for something like that. And I was just like, oh, this is just fun. As yeah. opposed to a TV audience and you got to go to New York and you th get all scared. I don't know. That's, yeah, yeah, no, it's like real people who really like yeah. comedy. So yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. That's, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have any, uh, do you want to talk about Just for Laughs New Faces? <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> um, it was weird because it was in the pandemic and usually everyone goes to Montreal for JFL, but they did it virtual. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're exactly where you are right now, wearing exactly the same outfit. (laughs) Truly. No, they like taped it at Dynasty Typewriter. Okay. Oh. Which is like, okay, our green one was the alley (laughs) Dynasty. Because it's still like, I just kind of kept being like, wait, we're still doing this even though COVID? Like, it was like, everyone was trying to be, like, precautions, but also we are fully suspending belief in order to make this happen. (laughs) And it was a, was it a full audience? It seemed like a full audience. It was like, cardboard. it was like, so Dynasty (laughs) is like, you know, there's seats far stage right, far stage left, and then the center. But because they were taping everything, the stage right and stage left seats were all X'd out to accommodate the camera. So it was just like the center. So yeah. in my mind, and also because like I had to prep for new faces, I was like, I need to run my set somewhere. Yeah. And Maria had been doing hours at Dynasty. And so she let me open for her. And so it's like, I heard what like a full audience sounds like. And so I was like, oh, this isn't the sound of a full audience. Because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> um, it was just like very, it was just like, it was weird and surreal. And like, but it was cool. Like, I'm thankful. Like, you know, I did it. It's like one of those things you hype something up in your mind so much. Like, this is the goal. This is the dream. And because I started in LA, like, I knew what New Faces was right away. Like, my first year, it's like everyone's losing their mind about New Faces. And so I very much had that, like, I want to get to that point. And then it's like, oh, okay, we... Yeah. (laughs) On to the next thing. That's it. Yeah. I know. It's it's like, it's it's nice and it's great, but it's like... How's that going to help me get like the real things I want, you know? But here, can I just say this? I watched, I watched that set. It was great. It did, it seemed like a completely full audience and you seemed so comfortable. Your material is so funny and so good that like it, there was no, there were no seams for me. I, I completely thought you were in Montreal. I thought you were in one of those big fucking theaters. Like none of that showed at all. And that mm. set was fucking rocking. Like you really killed it. Thank you really you, did. Thank you. Yes. That means so much, Karen. Like, thank you. Yeah. Yes, think of the of alternative of going there, uh, staying up late with Chad Daniels, getting uh, <laughs> your your pocket picked by an off-duty French clown and showing up late and hungover and, and during your set forgetting your last joke because you were still drunk. I mean... There are different experiences, and you 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 took the very controlled, safe route, and I think that that sounds better than yeah than you, what I did. Only... Which is eat it in Canada. No, I did not do well. No, Chris, you always do well, and you can't hear the audience. Correctly. I know, Chris. Yeah, it, embrace that you do well. I he can't. You know, you I do, do well. I he do won't. sometimes. That night, I was doing well, and then I forgot my joke, and I said. Do you, do you guys ever get so drunk the night before an important set <laughs> with Chad Daniels that you forget your last joke? Good night. <laughs> that is exactly how I ended. And then my manager, Dave Raft, was standing right next to Chad Daniels. And he's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> it was, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a fun oh. place to be. Uh, but, you know, it's not, it doesn't help in performing stand-up well to be 
in a big fun city with fun things to do till five in the morning. That's yeah, all I'm no, saying. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, you know, the pandemic has, I, you know, still kind of go off the rails every now and then try to be a little more <laughs> controlled about it. But the fact that I'm not out every night at shows and venues where alcohol is freely available right, right. is helpful. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. We, 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 yeah. By yeah. today's standards, you and I had a, a all nighter just because we stayed after a show and had a glass of wine. <laughs> right. I was we, like, "Ooh, this like, is Ooh. I haven't been." <laughs> but remember, in, in that moment, we're both like, "Well, it's almost midnight. We better get home to our apartments." <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably good for us all because yeah. maybe it just as a little bit of a reset. Because also, I think, like you were saying at the beginning. I think there's an appreciation. Like the when I went to that permanent record show, like I walked in, I was like, oh my God, a checkered floor. Like I was looking around <laughs> like it was the most um, unbelievable place I'd ever been. And granted, it's a great bar. Everyone should go there. But it was that feeling of like, oh, this is how, you know, what we do is magical and we give people laughter and all mm -hmm. that kind of shit that like you just can't maintain for yourself. Yeah. When there's no pandemic, it's just too yeah. hard to keep it in perspective, I think. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I feel like, yeah, there's like a shift where it's like, I'm really grateful and thankful I get to perform and like I want to have fun doing it. Like before the pandemic, I definitely was very like shows, shows, shows every night, all the time. Yes to everything. Just like, you know, a bullet train. And it was exhausting, you know, yeah. but it was like, I felt like I can't take a break because if I do, then I lose momentum and like, you can never get that back. And so like, you know, to go from that to just nothing um, and like mourning that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like having a complete Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> yes. like I can't do shows, but now kind of it's like, oh, you know, I want to have like a healthier relationship with stand up and like do it at a pace that is healthy and that like fulfills me. And like, it's OK to say no. It's OK to, you know, just do what. Like, you just don't have to say yes to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's been my thing every year. My resolution, resolution, I resolve to, res, to, res, uh, you know what I'm saying. Your just, my, my razzle dazzle is to say, start saying no to shit. Just, to, you know, because I'm like that too. I'm like, where is this show? On a roof in Irvine. I'm there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, well, because it is such a high. And because there's really truly no replacement for standing there alone, uh, doing a set and killing and having people adore you, like that's the other piece of it where it's <laughs> like then a pandemic hits or whatever goes on in your life where you're just kind of like, why do I need this so badly? <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's sometimes yeah. we don't stop because we don't want to reflect. But then it's like if you're forced to reflect, it's also not a bad thing. And it's also good for your comedy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're both, you're, your mouth is saying yes, but you're, you both have dead eyes. So. <laughs> Just, uh, uh, trying to be <laughs> philosophical. Um, well, do you have anything to plug, Danielle, or anything like um, you want people to know about? 
Yeah, you can see me on the latest season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Wow, amazing. I'm in the first two episodes, so watch that. It's a really great season. That's an arc. Two episodes is an arc. Oh, yeah. It's really fun. Larry David is so, I mean, you know, just... It's incredible. So like, you showed up to, you showed up to run your lines and everything. You didn't go on a walk. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, Karen. Uh, we like to roast each other. You That's didn't just our... decide to kind of lightly blow it off because you yeah, didn't think yeah. they needed you because you were on so many drugs. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's only a couple episodes. I'm gonna check out this neighborhood. No fun, fun, just Lexapro. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm also in a romantic comedy that's available on uh, iTunes um, called Just Swipe. It stars Jodie Sweetin. Yes. (laughs) And I play uh, her best friend. And Alec Mappa's in it. It's very (sighs) cute. Love Alec Mappa so much. Yeah, yeah. So it's very cute. It's called Just Swipe. Um, Yeah, you can go on iTunes and find it now. That's great. These are big acting gigs. Was that even your goal? Are you, did you consider yourself an actor before? I, well, like at the very beginning of 2020, I did the CBS showcase. So Uh it's like the big sketch comedy live show, kind of like SNL. And so it was like, I was trying to audition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, And because of the pandemic and no stand-up, I was like, well, I guess I'll just like really be serious about taking acting classes. So I've been so doing you that did, in the you pandemic. took classes. Okay. I've took been... classes. Oh, that's I'll great. say this, and this is like very extra, but I am very proud of myself. <laughs> um, I made it, I got a producer session for the George Lopez pilot, but I did not, not work, but I got the producer session and that's pretty, and I am happy with it's huge. it. So. It's huge. I know also, that like to be there, like to get there, that's a win. So I'm happy. That's so that. great. Congrats, Danielle. You got basically to the final stage out of thousands of people, thousands of people. That's huge. So that's really great. You know, fingers crossed for the next one. I just want to say this, though. Is the movie called Just Wipe? (laughs) No, it's called... Karen, it was originally titled Will You Be My Quarantine. It had a rebrand. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Then no complaints. So now it's called Just Swipe, which is... Yeah. Yep. I thought it was... Still about quarantine. It's just like when you bring things home, you have to wipe them down. I you wipe was, them down, yeah, just cereal wipe. boxes. It's original title, <laughs> Fabulous, so we couldn't get the rights. <laughs> uh, I love Fabulous so much. It smells so goddamn good. The lavender good. scent? Yeah. It's how you know things are actually clean. Yes. That's the only way. Um, well, this was delightful. It's great to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in years. So it's know, nice to see your face. so good to see you guys. Yeah. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D-Y-N. A-I-R. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by Ryo Baum. Theme song by Karen Kilgareth. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, subscribe, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. And you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) 
vroom, vroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Vroom, vroom. <laughs>